brought a bad report to them about, about, about his brothers to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph, here's he's loved, more than all the other children. He has a favorite here because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. That's a strong word, hated him, and could not speak peaceably to him. There was, you know, there was uh, sibling rivalry going on big time in this family to the point of they loved, they, you know, father loved them and they want to kill him. Joseph, he's bringing a bad report about Dan and the tally, Gad and Asher to his dad. But Jacob singles Joseph out because he loves him. He's, he's also Jacob's uh, favorite of Rachel and is also Rachel's favorite, of course. That was her son. He's not loved. Jacob does not love his children equally, as you can see. I'm sure if you had children, you know, in your life, you could always say, oh, she's the favorite. You heard them say, she's the favorite or he's the favorite. And, you know, some families do have favorites. All there is to it. We saw that with Abraham, Isaac, you know, Isaac's son. You know, we saw all that. You know, we saw it with Jacob, and we see it again. Jacob actually... Loved him so much, he gave him a special coat, a coat of many cover colors, which most likely was colorful, but it also uh, signifies a long sleeve uh, uh, a coat, which puts him on a higher pedestal than the rest of the sons. It was colorful and it was sleeved, and both are a symbol of status. The implication here is it looks like the birthright is going to go to Joseph. That's what it looks like to the brothers. Remember, Reuben was supposed to get it. Levi and Simeon aren't going to get it because they were mass murderers, because they premeditated a plan to kill who knows how many men that they had circumcised, letting them think that they could intermarry with the, uh, the women in uh, Jacob's clan. So the brothers are dishearted. They're jealous. Jealousy is not good. Love is not jealous. You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse somewhere between 4 and the 8th verse. To the brothers, he's a goody two-shoes. He's favored by the Father, and they think he's in line for the inheritance, even though he was you know, the second to the last born son. There's an age difference age difference here. Joseph is 17 years old as described in those verses and these other brothers of his had to be at least 25 to 30 at this time. So there's an age difference too. There's just just um, as we go a little further we're going to see at least three of the 20 some ways that Joseph typifies Christ. Number one he's a shepherd. He's guarding the sheep. As we know that Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd in John 10, 11. 
the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Number two way that Joseph typifies Christ, he's loved by the Father. You remember, we, we did it a few weeks ago in Matthew on Sunday. You know, when Jesus was baptized, what happened? The Father, the heavens were opened up and the Father spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Even though Jesus didn't start his ministry yet. Jesus is, all, he's, is right at 30 years old or maybe a year younger at this point when the Father says that. That means the first 30 years of his life, Jesus was still doing the will and the work of the Father. Number three of the 20 ways, he was hated by his brethren. And we know that, that Jesus was hated by his brethren. He, he came to his own, and those who were his own, the Jews, did not receive him. But many as did receive him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. They hated him. They hated Jesus, just like the brothers here hate Joseph. It even says in, in John chapter 7, not only did his Jewish brothers hate him, but his brother's brothers hate him because Mary and Joseph had several children. And we know Jude and James are, um, are one of them in the Bible. Judah, Jude, Jude and... Um, yeah, there's one, they're one of the brothers in the Bible, of his earthly brothers, a half-brother, as I would say, because Jesus' father was God, and Mary was his mother, and their father, you know, was Joseph and Mary. So half-brothers. Joseph has two dreams in verses 5 through 11. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So hatred is just growing and growing and growing. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There, were, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood up all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bound down to him. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. And said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I, your brothers indeed, come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept this matter in mind. See, it looks like he's exalting himself, and he most likely is, but obviously these dreams were real to him, and they will, if you know, if you studied the Bible and know Joseph, you know that they are fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled as we study. Now, number one dream, the brothers are going to bow down to him with the she they're represented by the sheaves of grain, okay? 
this tells them that food's going to be involved in it, and there is food involved in the final outcome, you well know. And you'll see that in Genesis 42, 6, and 47, 12. Food is involved. Dream number 2, 9 through 11, uh, mom and dad and his brothers will bow down to him. That's the son. That's dad. The moon is his mother. And the 11 stars, which is his, his brothers. Rachel, according to what I read in Genesis 35, she's already dead. That means Benjamin's born because she died in childbirth, if you remember right. Jacob rebukes Joseph, yet he interprets the dream in verse 10. Jacob actually has the interpretation, the 11 stars, the sun and the moon, father, mother, the 11 stars, which would be the 11 brothers of Joseph, and their family's going to bow down to Joseph, and they can't believe this. They, probably, they think he's probably showing how, how proud he is, and he's exalting himself. But Jacob keeps it in mind. In other words, the KJV version says he took heed to these words and to this dream. That means he didn't know what to think. There was a question mark there. Because you know why? Because Jacob already has learned that nothing is impossible with God from his life and prior life. Remember, now he's a man of God. He knows God, and he's serving God. He was changed. He was transformed. These dreams will be a stake in Joseph's life. And he's going to use them to, his, to conquer his, his faith, keep the conquering faith that he has in the land of Egypt when his brothers turn against him. Here's the plot to kill, verses 18 um, through 20. No, that's 12 through 20. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flocks in, in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So that he, so he said to him, Here I am. And he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he went out to the valley of Hebron, of the valley of Hebron, and went to Shechem. Let me tell you something. I looked it up on a map. Shechem is about 60 to 65 miles away from where, where, he, where the, the, his brothers were. Perfect opportunity for them to get rid of Joseph, 65 miles away. Dad isn't going to run out and, and uh, try to find him. Okay, verse 15. Now a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, well, who are you seeking? And he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding the flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here, for I heard them say, let's go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dotham. Okay, you can add another 15 miles to that. Now he's 80 miles away. 
because they went up to to uh, Dothel. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. There it is, premeditated murder. These guys were not good people. They just weren't good people. That makes me think of Eli's son, the priest in Israel, Hophni and Phinehas. They were, the Bible says they were worthless men, and they did not know God. They were priests, and they were sleeping with the women in the tabernacle or the temple. They were worthless men. How would you like that to be written about you? Whew, would break my heart. If your dad said to you, you're worthless. And that's not true, because to God the Father, Every single person on the face of the earth is loved by the Father. That's the true, the one and the only God is. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan, and when they saw him afar off, even before they came near till he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. Verse 19, then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and, and cast him into some pit. And we will say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, No, um, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver, be delivered out of their hands, and bring him back to his father. The hate is still deeper. They want to kill him. They saw him several times. In his, we saw him several times in his life. They wanted to kill him. This is, uh, it's, it's totally demonic. As you well know, anybody that wants to kill somebody, you know, has got to have a demonic spirit behind it because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, as we well know. Verses 20, 12 through 17, Joseph tracks down his brothers. He's now 80 miles away from, from Hebron, okay? Um, he tracks him down at Dotham. His father's out of their sight. He's out of their authority. Reuben attempts to spare Joseph's life. You know, that's the upside because some, well, at least Reuben didn't want to kill him. Remember, Reuben was the one who slept with Bilhah, his father's wife. He has not transformed, just so you know that at this point. There's no specific names given. All are responsible and guilty. Reuben lost his birthright, as I just said. He's maybe seeking restitution for what he did before his father, which is highly possible. And he is not a man of moral authority, that's for sure. Here's two more ways that Joseph typifies Christ in these verses. He was sent to his brethren by the Father. He was sent to his brethren. Isn't why Jesus came to earth? He was sent by the Father. And number five, the brethren plot to kill him. 
Here's John 11:53. The brethren, being the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jews. John 11:53. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. They started, they plotted to put him to death. You can see the same picture with Joseph's brothers. They plotted to put him to death. Not in one sentence, but many times over, over, the, over the verses that we just read. Verses 23 through 28. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped him of his tunic and the, the tunic of many colors that was on him. When they took him and ca- then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted up their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balms, and coming, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah and his brothers said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. So Judah, you can see he's beginning to move into a, a righteous way. He, he didn't want to kill him, so he proposed a, a better plan to save his life but still get rid of, the, of Joseph. Then the Midianites, the, the, his brothers listened, then the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. So here, he's cast into an empty cistern. Now what was the cistern? A cistern was dug out to, to hold water. It obviously was dry, so that means it was probably a broken cistern. That means as it rained, it, it didn't fill up. Otherwise, he would have drowned in that, that pit. Okay? Dotham, it means double cisterns. Okay? One's obviously empty. But at this point, Genesis 42 tells us he pleads with them at this point to get out of that pit. But Judah proposes to sell Joseph. He's going to kill two birds with one stone and get rid of Joseph and make a monetary profit. You know that love, the love of monies, is uh, the root of all evil, right? Here you see it acted out. The love for money is is uh, is the root of all evil, and the evil is they did this to their brother. They wanted to kill him. Now they sell him into Egypt. They don't care what their father's going to go through over this. They don't care what their mother, if she's still alive, you know, where is going to go through over this. Well. Remember, Judah's obviously more moral than the rest of his brothers. He didn't want to kill him, obviously, but he had some peer pressure going on, I'm sure, from his brothers. Joseph is sold to the Midianites, the Ishmaelites, and the Ishmaelites. Notice they're intermingled here. These people are outside the covenant. They're Gentiles. Here shows you four more ways that Joseph is uh, a typifies Christ. Number six. 
He's stripped of his garment. You know that Jesus was stripped of his garment, right, when he was crucified? John 19, 23. When the soldier, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made, and made four parts to each soldier apart and also stripped the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, for whose it will be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saying, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. He was stripped of his garment, Jesus, and so was Joseph. Number seven, he was handed over to the Gentiles, the Ishmaelites and the the uh, the uh, Midianites, or not the Midianites, the the um, the Ishmaelites and the Midianites, yeah, were intermingled. They were Gentiles. He was handed over to the Gentiles. Jesus, Jesus was handed over to the Jews. And number eight, Joseph was sold for a slave's a slave's price. You know, he was sold for thirty p twenty pieces of silver. And you know, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. At the time, that was the price of a slave. Jesus was sold just like Joseph was sold just like Jesus. Number nine, he was taken to Egypt. It's a picture of, this is a picture of, of Christ that typifies Christ all the way through this. This, um, this book. Here, Genesis 37. Reuben plans plans for redemption. But Jacob's going to be deceived by his sons. 29, verse 29 through 36. And Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed was not, he was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes. Look, at Reuben really wanted rid of this guy. But obviously he wasn't there whenever, you know, uh, Judah suggested let's sell him to the Midianites and the Israelites. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed the kid of the goats, a goat, a young goat. They killed his kid and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it's your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces because of the way they did this tunic, man. Joseph knew he had to be dead. There was too much blood on it, okay? And it was torn. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth and ashes on his waist, and mourned for his son for many days. And all of his sons and all of his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Reuben planned to retrieve Joseph, but finds him gone because his brothers sold them into Egypt for a slave's price. 
what's the difference between 20 pieces of silver and 30 pieces of silver? I would say probably inflation. Um, Jacob deceived by his two sons, by his ten sons. Of course, Benjamin wasn't there. And it's interesting, it's a goat's blood, you know. And that's important um, in some of the sacrifices that Israel was told to do. Here's the insight into those ten sons, brothers of Joseph. They're willing to watch their father suffer for years. You know how long it was? Twenty years. Twenty years. They didn't care. They didn't care about their father. They kept this deception on for 20 years. But you can say, you can know one thing, that Numbers 32:23 says, be sure your sin will find you out. Might be 20 years later, but these guys got caught. And I, it doesn't give Joseph's reaction. He's so elated that Joseph is alive that he doesn't even, it, the Bible doesn't even say anything about what the retribution he, he put upon his sons that deceived him like this. Now, I'm sure they lied there all the way, lied all their way to hell over that, saying, oh, we didn't know, we just, you know, just lying about it. Um, Joseph is taken into Potiphar's house. So Potiphar was the captain of the guard. He's the head of really Egypt's secret service. Okay? He has a high position. There's a hint of this because of Potiphar. We can date this time as 1875 B.C. It's 1875 B.C. Almost 2,000 years later, or, you know, we're seeing types of Christ to almost 2,000 years later when Christ shows up on the scene. Egypt is already in a 1,000 years of wealth and prosperity. It was a great nation on the face of the earth as you well know. And Potiphar is a very wealthy man. This is part of God's plan for Joseph. Okay? And um, he will serve God regardless of his circumstances, as we're going to see as we go on. We'll end it with this. Just a few things I'm going to read. Is 13 ifs. Joseph's life, even in the midst of all the horror that he went through, can you imagine the tears, the broken heart that a 17-year-old boy would feel as his 10 brothers hated him so bad and wanted to kill him? Can you imagine that in your life? Even in the midst of this horror, it's still encouraging to us today, Joseph's life. Here's 13 ifs. Because God is working for a larger purpose here, as you well know. I had someone in my life uh, several years back said to me, you wouldn't be a pastor if it wasn't for me. And I'm there like, I didn't say it, but I, I don't know why I'm so slow. But I'm going to say, there you are stealing God's glory. Because it wasn't you. What you meant for evil to me, God has turned into good. That's what's happening right here. God's going to take this evil, he's going to turn it into good, and he's going to preserve two nations. What if 
Joseph's brother never sold him to the Midianites, and Joseph never goes to Egypt. If Joseph never goes to Egypt, he's never sold to Potiphar. If he has never sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife would not have falsely accused him of rape. If Potiphar's wife never falsely accused him of rape, then he would never have been put in prison. If he was never put into prison, he, he never meets the baker and the butler of Pharaoh. If he never meets the baker and the butler of Pharaoh, he never interprets their dreams. And if he never interprets their dreams, he will never interpret Pharaoh's dreams. If he never interprets Pharaoh's dreams, he would never be made the prime minister. And if he never may have been made prime minister, he never wisely administrates for a severe famine coming upon the region. And if he never wisely administrates a severe plan, famine plan coming upon the region, then his family back in Canaan perishes along with Egypt and the famine. If his family back in Canaan perishes from the famine, the Messiah can't possibly come. If Messiah can't come forth, then Jesus never came. And if Jesus never came, you and I would be dead in our sins. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome God we have. That's about it for tonight, people. We're going to jump into chapter 38 next week. And uh, we're going to see Jacob get himself into trouble again with Tamar. Okay? So let's close in prayer. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the beauty of your words. We know that it's heartbreaking, some of the things that happen. We feel for Joseph even now. We feel for Jacob even now. As, as, as this took place in their lives. But we know that all things work to the good for those who love you and called according to your purpose. Jacob obviously loved you. Father Joseph obviously loved you. And Lord, all things are going to work together for the good because they love you. And I pray the same thing tonight, Lord. Every one of us here and every one of us over the Internet are so madly in love with you that all things will work together for the good for all of us. There may be sad times, maybe happy times, but we know that you have a plan, and you're painting this picture, and you're laying in the colors and the people and, the, and, the, and whatever else goes on, the, the trees, the birds, the, the fish, the, the plants, you're laying in as you see fit. And Lord, all we want to do is fit into your plan and become the men the women, the children of God that you want us to be. And may it all be to your glory, Father, in Jesus' holy name and by the power of your spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you all.